Thank you, Christian. I, I remember coming here last year. I really enjoyed my time here. But one of the best things said that he was not here. <laughs> but now he's here. So I don't know how to feel about that because he's serious when he said that he bullied me. I like, yeah, just, just pray for me. And <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm so glad to be able to, to share with you guys. I have uh, one of my most fun memories being here last year is that my wife and I, we, we just find out last year by this time that we were expecting another baby. And we find out since it was like I was here. I haven't told anybody at home, no my parents, no nothing. But it was miles away from home, you know. So I shared that with Tim and with brother uh, Josiah, is his name. So when he introduces me last year, he says, Eduardo has a two-year-old and one coming. And no, my family is watching to the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he's not here because I want to tell him, come on, bro. What did you, what did you do? <laughs> so my mom was like, so there are other people new before me? And I go, oh, mom, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I have pictures. I'm sorry, I sent them late. I don't know if they're available. I have a picture of my family that I want to show you so you get to, to meet the baby. So that's me, that's Edna, that's Emma. She was three-year-old. She enjoys uh, Paw Patrol very much. And that's Ethan. And I have another picture of my two babies. Look at that. That's Ethan. He's four months old. And that's Emma that loves to get into the, you know, her little brother personal space. She does that a lot. And I have another great memory here. And maybe you know that guy. In Rio Acha with me and my co-pastor Andres after a great uh, sermon. And that's little Emma almost poking her nose. And, <laughs> and then the next one, that was us at church. Uh, I was translating there for, for team. We had a great time together. And I just want to, you know, uh, thank you again for going there, for sharing with us. We had a great time together. So thank you, church, for loving us. You know, when, when we hear about... Uh, the Great Commission, and make disciples of all nations. Can we just acknowledge that we, are, that we are like the fulfillment of that? Like right here. People from Brazil, from Colombia, from Venezuela, from different places, and even you guys here. It's, it's that what the Lord Jesus Christ, what he said here is, is happening. It's happened. So let's, let's go to the Word. Let's go to the Word. Let's go to Matthew 18. Sorry, 28, verses 18 and 20. Uh, and Christian uh, just read that. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has uh, been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the, and the, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So let me just pray for a minute, Father. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity to be here and share with this uh, beautiful family of faith. Thank you because since we are united to Christ, we can feel at home with people from a different culture. That's amazing. So I, I praise your name for that. And I ask you that uh, the limitation of English being my second language, that you help me through that. 
to share what you have here for us and may the, your Holy Spirit help us to, to listen but also to obey. That's what we need the most. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I think uh, all of us as Christians, we know about this, passage, uh, about this passage. We have read this passage. We are familiar with it. And I do think that one of the problems that we face is familiarity. I always tell that because since I'm in the coast, we are close to the beach. So sometimes somebody can come from Bogota and they go to, oh, let's go to the beach. And we go to the beach and they're like in, in awe, like, wow. And since I live there and it's like three blocks from my house, I'm like, yeah, it's nice. But I'm used to it. I mean, I, I was wondering if you guys with the rocket launches and all that may be like that. Because when we come here and say, oh, a rocket launcher, that's great. And you from Tata was like, uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Every other week we have rocket launches. And <laughs> so, you know, I think that the scripture, it, it's going to warn us about that. We can get so familiar to things that we just, uh, yeah, the Great Commission, I know that. You know that. We all know that. But there's a difference, right, between knowing but being uh, in awe about it. Because the things that we read there, they're like really, really heavy and important things. So this passage should, by the work of the Holy Spirit, awaken our hearts with a renewed seal to make disciples. So, our Lord Jesus Christ, he gathers his disciples on the mountain. He just fulfilled his missions. He, he, he uh, died on the cross. He rose again, as, as he told he was going to do. And then he calls his disciples, the, the 11. The, he said uh, that the 11 disciples go to Galilee, to the mountain, uh, which Jesus has directed them. And that's when we, he gave them this commission. But the important thing is that when he began to give this commission... He begins not with a command, but with a declaration, an important one. Is that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. So my outline is going to be very simple. I'm going to focus on all, all the alls, all authority, all authority over all nations. And go to all nations to teach all of his commandments. And he's going to be with us always. So, first of all, all authority. We, we read in verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, every time we're told to do something, the question that comes up is, Who's telling me to do this? It, I mean, if, you are in your, you know, if you're working, it's not the same if a co-worker tells you something that if the boss tells you, right? There's a difference there. It's, it's, it's that when you're in school, it's not the same as the teacher tells you something or the principal tells you something. So when we see this, all authority has been given to Christ. So through the gospel of Matthew, he's been calling himself the son of man. So the, the, the disciples were familiar with that phrase. He says the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And on the other part, uh, in many places, I, I, I see like there's 25 times. The Son of Man is used in Matthew. He said the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So when Christ, when he's talking to his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me, there must have been something that made that click in their heads. What was he referring to there? Well, he's making a reference of Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And I, and I read that to you. It says... 
prophet Daniel said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. Look at that. He came. He, he, he has the, the ability to go there, to present himself. And it says in verse 14, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So this son of man is able to approach God, to approach the ancients of days, because he is God. And we are telling that prophet that he receives, he has received all dominion, all authority, all glory and kingdom to all peoples, to all nations, to serve him. So maybe that's the background, you know, to what the Lord is telling his disciples. Because a good synonym for dominion is authority. He is the one who has all authority. All the authority. So you may be thinking, well, how is it possible for someone, for someone to claim to have all authority? Well, you know this is not an ordinary person, right? When you think about the life of, Je of Jesus, your brothers and sisters, you see, have you ever tried to fulfill a prophecy? <laughs> That's a tough one. Have you ever tried to plan where are you were going to, bo to born? I mean, we, we don't plan that. We just, just, but we can see in Scripture all about where he was going to born. Have you, I mean, if you try to plan to die a specific kind of death that involves a conspiracy, that's kind of complicated to plan. And then you announce that you are going to be resurrected. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to be resurrected, but nothing happens. But he was risen from the dead. So he's an ordinary man. He is God with us. He is God coming to us to save us. He is truly king of kings and Lord of lords. He, is, he has absolute authority. He's the only one who has authority. You, you, you must realize that there is only one who has all the authority. And if he has all the authority, we don't. We, we, we quickly need to reach that conclusion. So, you know, sometimes we mistakenly say, and I think that with good intentions, oh, you have to make Jesus Lord of your life. Oh, you don't make Jesus Lord of anything. He already is Lord of all. And we only have two options. Either we reveal or submit to him. But we don't make him Lord. He is Lord of everything. He has already received dominion and authority. And we see through the Gospels that he has authority over nature. You remember how he, he says to the wind and to the sea, calm, be still. You remember how the demons reacted when we, they saw Jesus? Authority over sickness, over sin, over death, authority over everything. That's the Jesus we serve. And, and that's the part we don't like, authority over our lives. He has authority over our lives. We read in Psalm 110, verses 1 and 3, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. 
the Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power. In holy garments from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. So, Jesus' authority is what moves us to go. What moves us to obey. So, he's telling his disciples, you you are going to go because I have all authority. All authority. But... We not go or we don't do this commission like we are forced to because obviously, because only because he's telling, I mean, that's a good reason. That's good enough if he tell us. But we do it because he's infinite worth. That's why it drives us to go. If you ever read Revelations 5, verses 9 and 10, they, they said that they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So it's the authority of Jesus that gives us the confidence to go and to share and to talk about him and to make disciples because he has all authority. But the second thing is that he has authority over All nations. Because he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. And you know, for centuries in the Old Testament, God has been building his kingdom through the people of Israel. But now it's through all the nations of the earth. He has been enthroned by his resurrection and has authority over all nations. And this is the greatest blessing to the nations. He is the son of man who came not to be served, but to serve. And by announcing that he is king of the nations, and that it is time for all to come to him, he is blessing the nations. Like, like we were singing, let the, let the people praise you. Let the nations be glad. And, and remember what it says in Psalm 2. Listen to this. Psalm 2, verses 6 through 8. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the, na the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. So think about this. We, we read in the scripture in James that the prayer of the, the, prayer of the righteous person, person sorry, has great power. So do we think that Jesus is... Uh, you know, he, he fits that category as a righteous person. Yes. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. So we can think that the, the prayer of Jesus has great power. But not only that, the Lord himself, God the Father, invites him and, and he says to him, ask for me. Like this is the, the thing that I'm, I'm getting ready. I, I have this ready for you. Just ask for me. So Jesus asked. And what, what, what is, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. And this is a prayer that God the Father has been answering and answering. He has given the nations to him. Nations that he already has bought. In John 17, 1 through 2, it says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. 
He already has the nations. He already has authority over our flesh. So Jesus was given authority over all nations. He has prayed for the nations to come. He has purchased those who from the nations will come. And his dominion over the nations is the most certain thing there is on this planet. That people will come from every tribe, language, and nation. And this is why missions exist. Christ has authority over our nation and over our city. And what is amazing about this is that, you know, sometimes we said when we are good at something and we ask somebody to do it for us and they don't do it right, we say, you know what? I'll do it myself. And it's, it's going to be better if I do it myself. So do you think that the Lord Jesus Christ would say, okay, the nations are mine. I, can, I could do it myself, but he doesn't. He uses you and me to fulfill the things that he has already accomplished by his work. So uh, isn't it amazing that he doesn't say, I'll do it myself, but no, I'm going to use my people. I'm going to use my people to do it. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, well, working together with him. In Spanish, it says something like we are co 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 like collaborators, that like we co-work. I, yeah, somos colaboradores. <laughs> he has decided that the way he's going to get what has been given to him, what is his by right, is by using churches like this one. To get that purpose. So we are under a powerful authority. And that's why we trust. And that's why we share. And that's why we pray. And that is why we do not give up. Because he worked through his people. He worked through us. And he says, he said in Matthew 24, 14, This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. As a testimony to all nations. We are now part of this spiritual battle for the souls of people. And the all-sovereign son of God, our Savior, is the one who commands us in the commission. So, one of the things that I'm, I, I always reminded of, if you, you have that verse in, in Matthew 16, when, when Jesus asked Peter, who, who, who's the people saying that I am? They say, yeah, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, okay, I, I, will, I will build my church. But he says, and the gates of, of hell, it says in English, the gates of hell will not prevail. Isn't it amazing that they say the gates? So the picture is the church going. Is the church like in the offensive, at the attacked? So it's not the church like, oh, we're going to be here so scared. No, we are going because we are in the name of the one who has all authority. Mm. That's the reason we can do it. That's the reason we can trust. So he has all authority. And he has authority over all nations. And we read there that we are commanded to uh, reach them, to teach them all that he has commanded it says, go therefore and make, that's, that's my third one, all my commandments. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We receive then 
in light of the authority that Christ has over all things, a command. Not a suggestion, nor, nor an option. No, it's not the great suggestion. It's not the great, you know, the great if you want to. It's go and make disciples. It is a difficult command. But it is addressed to every believer. Because we tend to think that it's only for pastors. It's only for missionaries. This is only, I don't know, for people who have the time. If you remember what, what Juan was saying in the conference, it's very true. He said, okay, uh, but pastor, I don't have enough time. So you're saying that the Great Commission is only for people who just, you know, is like laying in the couch all day? No, the Great Commission is for all of us. It's, it was actually, and think about this, when Jesus called his disciples the first time, that when they were fishing, what was what he said to them? He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I mean, that, that was like the implicit thing, like the most important thing. The first thing that they told the disciples that they were going to do is, come, I will make you fishers of men. So inside of our call to be disciples, it's always implicit that we're going, all of us, we all are going to be fishers of men. In a way or another. In a way or another. Maybe you don't have to go to another nation. Maybe it's about going across the street. Maybe it's talking to your neighbor and inviting him to church. First steps. Maybe it's start praying for that family member and, and finally sharing with them. But every disciple must be a disciple maker. And what do we do as missionaries of the Lord? Because we all are. When in our text we have an imperative. I mean we have the commandment. The commandment is make disciples. And it's surrounded by like three participles. That sounds fancy but you know it's like. He says, we go, we baptize, we teach. The first thing we must do then is share the word. We talk about the gospel has, we live according to the gospel. The spirit of God live within the people of God so that we can bear witness of the, God, of the gospel. So uh, something about the context of the Great Commission is what our, our sister Kim was reading in verse 17. And when they, say him, and, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. It's in the light of that doubt that he say, hey, remember, all authority has been given to me. But that's not all. You, you see in Acts, you remember that the, 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 the first apostle who preached is, is Peter. He made this bold proclamation. It's the same Peter that uh, by the end of the Gospels denied the Lord three times. And in front of a young, la a, a young lady. So what happened to him? What happened to the doubtful, scary, uh, doubtful Peter? Well, what we see in Acts 1.8. What's what we see in, what's in Acts 1.8? For you will receive power with the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what was the difference in Peter's life? Mm, the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. That was that's exactly what makes him not to be afraid of thousands of people and just boldly sharing the gospel. And when you read that sermon, he's saying, you know, that Christ that you crucified, mm, God has made him Lord in Christ. That same Peter. And you know what I'm saying this because that Holy Spirit is upon every believer 
And we can ask him. I mean, it's amazing. He's saying, the, the, the Holy Spirit says to us, yeah, but you will receive power. But what's, what are we going to do with this power, Lord? You are going to testify. So that's power to testify. Have you ever thought about that? It's not this thing, I don't know, power to, to I mean, we could then say, like, you have power to do some other things. But he focuses on our necessity of talk about him. Because he knew, he knew that we sometimes we are weak. That we sometimes are fearful, that we sometimes have, you know, I remember telling you la- last year that one of the things that, I, I, that's one of the things I, th- I think that's one of the reasons we don't share is because we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. We don't want to make the, you know, to make the room feel weird, you know. So that's sometimes we don't, we don't, no, we don't talk about that. You know, everybody has their own beliefs and the religion and all that. Oh, but you have the Holy Spirit, <laughs> And you have the command. And you are an ambassador of the one who has all authority. So we speak. And no matter what, we speak boldly. No matter the consequences, we do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? At least in our countries. They may be feeling comfortable. They may not talk to us anymore. But, I mean, that's not like being killed. <laughs> you know what I mean? have like great things. I mean, we enjoy some freedom. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? We need to take advantage of that. Like a lot. It's easy for us. No, but you don't know. My friends. No, 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 no. No. You can do it. You can do it. The Holy Spirit is in you. So, what does the Lord keep telling his disciples? That he's going to They have to share the word. They have to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That beautiful reference to the Trinity. And he don't say it in the plural. He doesn't say in the names, but in the name. Yeah. And this is a command. That's the reason we baptize. I remember being a teenager. I didn't want to get baptized. And that's mostly because I was not a believer. But in that time, I do believe that I was a believer. And I remember saying, you got to get baptized. I said, no, why do I have to get baptized? You know, baptism doesn't save. Think about the thief of the cross. Man, and I come up with all these excuses. I don't know if that ever happened to you, maybe. I don't need to get baptized. What's that about? Well, if we fail to get baptized, we are in a direct disobedience of the one who has all authority. (laughs) Doesn't get any simpler than that. Why we get baptized? Because Jesus said it. He commanded it. I mean, you know that it's it, it is a opportunity to give a public testimony that we are now dead to sin and alive to Christ, that he has changed our hearts, that the sin that we used to love now we hate and we seek his holiness. It's an opportunity to do that, but most of all because he said us to do it. He told, he told us to do it. So baptism is not necessary to be a Christian, but once you are a Christian, you will want to obey Christ and to give, give a public testimony of your faith. So, if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. <laughs> and once we are baptized, we share our lives with the community of faith. This is why discipleship is. This is not about taking a class, although I do encourage you to take those classes. <laughs> it's going to be very good for you. But to be a disciple is, is, is what happened when we walk together. When we model to each other what it is like to follow Christ. We show each other how to pray, how to study the Word of God, how to grow in Christ, how to lead others to Christ. And that is what the body of Christ is for. 
And as we make disciples, we teach them the word of God. This is verse 20 again, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So an important part of this commission from the risen king is to teach these disciples to obey him. So that's why we are in church, friends, to learn how to obey Christ. Because that's not something that comes up natural to us. You know? We need instruction. What if every time you see something in Scripture that is commanded to us, it's because it's not natural to us to do that. That's why we need reminder, you know, reminder and reminder and be reminded of this, remember that. Because we forget. And we need to come every week to be reminded again of the things that we enjoy in Christ. And to learn how to live in a way we please the one who save us. That's one of my favorite verses. I, you know, that's why what, what it's so difficult for me to preach in English. Because I remember the verses, but I remember them in Spanish. <laughs> but in 2 Corinthians, it says that he, he died for, and, he, and for all he died. So those who live for themselves, don't do that anymore, but live for him. <laughs> do you know what verse I'm talking about? Uh, well, I'm glad you do because that was a mess. <laughs> So an important part of this commission, again, is to uh, learn to obey our Lord. That's the reason. Have you ever thought about how, why Paul in Romans 1, 5, he said, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. So this recent king who has all the authority is... Uh, calling them to the obedience of faith. Every Christian is a sent one. There are people that, that only you can reach. There are people that, of course, I'm not going to be able to reach. The pastor team is not going to be able to reach, but you can reach. So that's the reason that for what this command is for all of us. Because there's people that only you can reach. And you have to take advantage of that. And to be faithful in that. And let me encourage you, church, sometimes it's just small things. Small things. Oh, I bet you can hear testimonies of, and testimony of, well, somebody just give me that book. Or somebody just give me this uh, verse of the Bible. Or somebody just, you know, invite me to church and just prayed for me. And in that moment, I mean, the Lord can use that. And he loves to use you and me to this great task. And that's amazing. Because he gave this great commission to this crowd of 11 worshipful, doubtful disciples. And we, and we see in the rest of the New Testament, he, the Lord, he made great things through them. And he can use you too. He can do it. And he would love to do it. And he's calling you so he can do it. So we have, we have seen Christ has all authority. He has authority over all nations, authority over all life, and chooses to use you and me under His authority to gather the nations that are His in His name so that these nations can obey His commandments. But we do this not only in His power and authority, but He promised His presence. That's the way He finished. The promise to be always with us. In verse 20. And behold, I am with you always mm, to the end of the age. That's good news, because this is a big commission. 
you know, to confront people's unbelief and to call them to bow down to a new Lord, it will be difficult. But what Jesus says is that he will be present by his spirit, by his spirit in us. His authority and his presence ensures that this mission will be successful. And that's why we speak. Because we remember it's not our authority, it's not our power, it's not our ability, it's not our eloquence. Is his gospel, is his spirit, is his authority. So after seeing Christ's authority and the need to obey Christ's command, we are assured that we can depend on Christ's presence. That's how Matthew began his gospel with the announcement, you know, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We can be encouraged by knowing that this mission is not based on who we are or what we can do, but it is based on the presence of Christ through his spirit. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. He calls to a mission that is based on who he is. I mean, I think about this all the time about preaching, you know. There is never a moment, and I know pastors can relate, when you feel you know, I'm nailing this. I'm so good at this. And they're all going to be like, whoa, wow, it's great. You never feel adequate. You always think, you know, the next day, why didn't I say this, 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 and that? It happens all the time. You, you always feel too weak for the task because you are. <laughs> we always feel like we're incapable because we are. And, you know, with the years, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> you become more aware of your weakness. But you remember what he told Paul, or what he told true Paul, that his power is perfected in our witness. Mm. When you hear that the Lord is with you, he is. And more so as you move toward fulfilling his will. Brothers and sisters, let us then experience the power of his presence with us. Let us be part of something bigger, of something that requires his supernatural strength. We devote our lives for so many things, but there's only one cause that is gonna, that's the, the ultimate cause of, of, of all the things that we can do and focus on attention to. Is that he is gathering people from every nation, from every tribe, language, and nation. Obedience of this command will not be easy. It is difficult and costly. It is not easy to tell people that they must abandon the life they're living and, and now believe in this true king but he who has all authority who sits on his throne he who has overcome and lives and reigns forever has told you and me to go and speak and he will be with us as we do that amen, amen. let us pray father we thank you for your word what a privilege it is. Oh, let us think about that. Every time that we have the opportunity to talk, there is a privilege to be used by you. And we know you're going to fulfill all that you want. You are sovereign of it all. And we know, Lord, because that's how you called us. So we want to be part of that. We want to say like, like Isaiah, here I am, send me. Use me, oh Lord. I know that I'm weak, that I'm scared, that I have doubts. But help my unbelief. 
Oh Lord, don't, don't let us be too familiar with this beautiful truth, with this beautiful passage. But let us be in awe all the time to see that the Christ we serve is in his throne with all of dominion, with all authority. And that we can speak boldly through his spirit in us. So Lord, I will pray that you bless this church, that you bless uh, all of their efforts to be obedient to those to these commands, that you help us in our churches in Colombia, in Iglesia Verdad y Gracia in Bogotá, in our church, Vida en Su Palabra, in Riwacha, that you help us keep doing this faithfully because you're worthy. You're worthy of all of our efforts and all of our feeling uncomfortable sometimes. You're worthy of all that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that, that you just don't, that you choose to use us. Thank you, O Lord. What a privilege it is. And may your name be exalted here and in Colombia and in Venezuela and in Brazil and every part of this world. May the peoples praise you. May the, the nations be glad. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and respond.